Good morning. Ah, thank you. Kind of get me flowing to my uh, uh, sermon this morning. It's great to see you here. Look out there and see Charlie's face and Judy's face just a smiling away, Judy. Uh, it really helps as I'm up here preaching for one of the few times. My name is Dan Logan. I'm just one of the elders, um, which just love to stand up here in the pulpit and talk to you people and let you know what God is doing uh, in Grace Baptist Church and, and around the world. Um, so I just want to, again, thank you for being here. Uh, now we can re, uh, have the kids head back to see Miss Chrissy back there. So kids, off you go like a herd of turtles, right? The other day I went down to the beach, and Charlie, I told you I wouldn't tell a fish story, but I'm going to tell a fish story. Everybody knows that I love to fish and hunt and love to tell stories about fishing and hunting and how it deals with us in our everyday life. But I went down to Dibley Beach, which is my favorite beach to be able to go down and and go fishing with, and and one of my old trusted friends was down there, uh, Junior. He's only 96 years old. But he loves to fish probably more than I do because at 96, I don't believe that I'll probably be standing down there on the beach doing that. But we were down there. We were just talking for a while. I didn't take my pole. I just went down there to see what was happening. And uh, Junior told me, well, yesterday I caught a really nice fish. It was a 14-pound steelhead, uh, which is pretty nice. But unfortunately, it had one of those crazy rudders on the back end of its tail, and, and he had to throw it back which was kind of disappointing after you reel in a 14-pound fish. And I said, what else is going on around here? And he said, oh, I, I heard up on Pebble Beach, which is the next beach up, that they caught seven steelhead the other day. And I said, seven steelhead? And in the back of my mind was going, there ain't no way. They just don't catch that. There was only 29 steelhead swam by that day. And for two or three people to be out there and they caught seven of them, uh, just don't does not happen very often, and and so there was this um, little thing in the back of my head that said, "No, nah, that can't happen." It was an unbelief that I could put on, and and I'm kind of a person that doesn't. When I hear stories like that, I don't believe them. Um, I would have had gone up there and talked to those guys, but I didn't want to do that, so I just you know uh, kind of cast it off as an unbelief. And so I was thinking, how, you know, when I was given the task of, of preaching today, I thought, well, what can I preach about? And so today I'm going to preach about belief, faith, and trust. And there was one of those things about belief. Do we believe everything we are heard? And a lot of times we don't believe everything we're heard, we hear. But there are, in the Bible, we do believe. And so I looked up the word believe, and it says to regard the existence of God as fact. It is fact that God is in charge. God has a plan for each and every one of us. And that plan will come true. And we can believe that it will come true. We can have assurance that it will come true. We can begin can convince of something in confidence or in trust, especially one's spiritual well-being to Christ. The the word believe is really one of those things in the Bible that is used. 
If you read in the Bible, there are 250 times that the word believe is in the Bible. And when you read the book of John, you'll see that there's lots of times when the, when the word believe is in there. One of the things that I was reading through it and, and kind of uh, looking some of those up, there are so many of them that, you know, I, would, I could spend the rest of the, the, the sermon just talking about the belief and reading uh, in your Bible when it talks about belief. But I just, I wanted to pick a few uh, that we can use. And the first one that came to my mind is what we call the, um, the essentials of the Baptist faith. And the essentials of the Baptist faith is we believe, and I don't like to say we because then not everyone out here may believe or not everyone at home may believe. And so I like to say, to remind me, I believe in one living and true God. I believe that. I have read it through the Bible, and I believe it with my heart and with my soul. But you have to be very careful when you use that, because in, in the, the book of James, it talks about, you have to be careful. James 2.19, where it says, you believe that there is one God. You do well, even the demons believe and tremble. Do you tremble? We put our trust in God. We don't tremble. We know we have that assurance. We don't have the hope that some people have, but we have the assurance. As I've traveled throughout the the world, uh, witnessing to people about Jesus Christ, One of the things that I like to do is to ask people, when you're going to heaven and Jesus is standing there at the gates of heaven and ask you a question, why should I let you in my heaven? And I hope that you have an answer for him. And that answer is just not that I believe in God, but that I believe in God and Jesus Christ, that I have a personal, personal relationship with him. And I have asked him into my heart and believe and have assurance that he is going to be there. I know it for a fact that he's going to be there and he is going to accept me. I believe in Jesus Christ. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? The, only, the eternal and only begotten Son of God. Do you believe that with your heart? I see the head shaking out there. Thank you. You know, we believe. We have put our faith in Jesus Christ and in him alone. That he is going to guide our life as we travel about this world. We believe in the Holy Spirit who came from God to convict the world of our sins. Do you have the Holy Spirit? Acts 1.8 says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Do you feel that power today? Do you feel the Holy Spirit? Has the Holy Spirit ever talked to you? I remember, and I've told you quite a few times that when I was back in Virginia on the, on the submarine and was heading off to one of my friend's house. And he was going to have a big barbecue. 
And we were driving down the road, and I had no idea where I was at. I had never been on that road before. But we were driving down that road, and all of a sudden this voice, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you need to go to that church. And as I heard that, I looked off to my right, and there was a little church, Grafton Baptist Church. I had no idea, but God told me that I needed to go there. So when I finally got a car that I could drive, I went there. They had a great pastor that was there that gave great sermons, and I met somebody there. I met my wife there. God had told me to go to that church. I had no idea that I was going to meet this young lady that was there. But the Holy Spirit told me to go, so I went. Have you heard the Holy Spirit speak to you and to tell you that you need to do something? Maybe it's not go to to that church, but you need to do something. You need to listen to the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5.22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. The Holy Spirit will give each and every one of those to you if you are listening. Sometimes we don't listen to God, though, do we? But if you will listen and say, God, I want these things. Thank you for giving them to me. And then putting them into practice. Especially the love. For it says that we need to love one another. How can we love one another? By telling them the gospel. Letting them know that God loves them and that we love them too. We need to have the joy. Are you joyful every morning when you get up? Do you thank God? that you're able to stand on two feet, like Bill Reese and I were talking about this morning. We got up, we were on two feet. Oh, thank you, Lord, for putting us there. You know, it just uh, gives me joy to be able to do that. Do you have the peace? Has God given you the peace that you need while you're out there? The peace that he is in control When I know that God is in control, I don't worry about other things. About where I'm going to go and what I'm going to do. I know that he is in charge and he has a plan. Long-suffering. Do you suffer? Some of us have crazy diseases. Some of us don't. Some of us have really good health. Some of us don't. Do you pray each morning for good health? Yes, Do you have kindness? Do you look upon people and say, I want to help that person? Somebody in the church needs something, like Mr. Cook did. Fred Cook the other day says, I'm having trouble standing up. We knew of a chair. Thank you, Judy. She has a chair that lifts you up. And so three of us got together and picked up the chair. It was... Not a person that you want to do with just one person. Took three of us to 
to grapple with that thing, get it in the back of the pickup, and take it up to Fred's place. Fred's having trouble standing up. So this chair helps him stand up. We took that chair out to his place. And the smile on his face was really neat to say, oh, thank you for doing that. Do we have faithfulness? Yes. Are we faithful in coming to church every Sunday? Are we faithful in praying every day? Are we faithful in doing the things that he wants us to do? Yes. I pray that you are. Do you have gentleness? Is there gentleness in your life? Or every time you things don't go, to your, way, go your way, do you talk to yourself? Sometimes I do that. As, as my wife would tell you when we're driving down the road and somebody does something funny in front of my car, is that I'm not so gentle. Or at least my mind is not so gentle because I talk to them quite sternly. You know, and, you know, why are you doing this and all those other kind of stuff? Do you have self-control? Do you want to do something, but you know it's not quite right to do it? Do you turn that down? Do you say, no, I don't want to do that? God, help me not to do that. You know, I'm, sometimes I, I'm a crazy fisherman, right? Lots of people know that, and... But sometimes there's other things that I know I should be doing, but I'd sure like to go out there and go fishing. And I said, no, I can't go out there until I've got whatever it is done, and then I can go out there and catch my fish and then bring it home and give it to somebody or eat it myself. You know, self-control. When I was in the Navy, is that I didn't talk so well in the Navy. Of course, now people listen to me and they say, you don't talk so well now either. But, uh, you know, I, I didn't talk so well in the Navy. A lot of times I let myself get carried away and said things that I know I shouldn't say. But I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, I know I shouldn't be doing this. It doesn't sound like a Christian what I'm saying. I don't want to do that because people know I'm a Christian and when I'm saying those things, they kind of look down at me. And so I said that. I said, Lord, I can't remove those words from my head and from my mouth. I need your help. I need your help in removing those words from my mouth. You know, before it is removed from your mouth, it needs to be removed from your brain. And all of a sudden, it was removed from my brain. And the guys on the submarine said, Dan, what's wrong with you? I said, what are you talking about? I'm... They said, no, you've changed. I said, really? How have I changed? They said, well, you don't talk the way you used to. Because I would talk to stuff that I was working on. You know how it is. And uh, all of a sudden, that, that left me. It just, there wasn't, not, those words were not in my brain anymore. And... I talked what I thought was normal, which it was normal. But at the other, before that, it was a little abnormal. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for giving me those things that can remove those things and that can really edify your name, the name of God. And he will do that. We believe that the Bible 
including both the Old and New Testament, are a divine revelation. Do you believe in the Bible? I hope so. But there are a few people that do not believe in the Bible. I know when I was younger, I didn't believe in the Bible. I'd never, until I was in high school, I never saw a Bible. We didn't have a Bible in our house. So I never saw one. I never got to read one. I never got to read about God. But one day in, in high school, I met a young girl, not, not Mrs. Logan. I met another young girl that changed my life. And it wasn't her that changed my life. It was her dad. He changed my life. He introduced me to the Bible. He introduced me to reading the Bible. And as we would come to church, which was the Grace Baptist Church down in, in Old Town, I call it, in the other part of town, is that I would come to church and then afterwards he would explain some of those things that Pastor Fast talked about. And yeah, I couldn't understand them because I had no knowledge. But he explained them to me and he showed me in the Bible where they were at. Uh, You know, when I first started coming to church and they were talking about all these crazy names, I had no idea. Ezekiel, what is that? You know, in the Old Testament. In Jeremiah, where's that at? You know, and I was always thumbing through the Bible trying to figure out where are these things at? Well, he finally gave me a Bible. Their family did. And I got to see where these books were at that they were talking about all the time. And as I read those books, I didn't like reading the Old Testament because it was kind of funny reading. But I loved reading the New Testament and walking my way through there. But as I read, I found about God. I learned about God. And as I learned about God, I learned about Jesus Christ. And I learned how much he loved me. And he loves you the same way. I found about the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit can come and lead you in your everyday life. How he can talk to you and talk plain enough that you can understand it. That was kind of my hard part was being able to do that. I love to read, but I didn't at first like to read the Old and the New Testament because I didn't quite understand it. But he helped me to understand that. And as I was reading through it, I read in 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. All scripture is given. Nothing in the Bible is untrue. It is all true. And we can put our faith and hope, there I said it, hope, is that we can put our faith and hope that it is And hope is the assurance that the Bible is the word of God. As you read the Bible, you'll come to know God personally. You will come to know Jesus Christ personally as he talks to you through the Bible. We believe that the scripture teaches us to follow the ordinances commanded by Christ The ordinance of baptism, and Pastor Dean has talked about that. And the ordinance of the Lord's Supper, which we just observed not too long ago. 
We need to remember those. Especially, not especially, but the Lord's Supper. As we take part in that every month. To remind us of what Jesus did for each and every one of us. When you believe that God is with you all the time. We believe marriage is a holy union ordained by God between one man and one woman as biologically defined by birth. Most of us, not all of us, aren't. some of us are married. We believe that God has chosen a person for us. Whether we be male or female, husband and wife, we believe that God is with our marriage. We believe that all men and women by nature and by choice are sinners, ensnared by the by Satan. Sometimes we can hear things that we think are not true. And that is a lot of times Satan. I, I always ask myself when, when I hear something that I should do, would I want God and to be there with me? And is he telling me to do good? If it's to do good, it's probably from the Holy Spirit. If it's to do not so good, it's not from the Holy Spirit. So you need to be able to work, to uh, listen to those and especially allow the Holy Spirit to speak through you. It says, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, Jesus Christ, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Are you believing in Jesus Christ? Have you believed in Jesus Christ? Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ? We believe, therefore, that those who have received Christ as Lord and Savior are kept secure in God's love and will rejoice forever in God's presence. Those who refuse to accept Christ as Lord and Savior will be forever, forever separated from God and at the judgment of the great white throne will be condemned and cast into the lake of fire with Satan and his angels. Do you believe that? You need to believe that. God loves you so much that he gave his one and only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him So as we go about our daily lives, are we putting Christ first? Are we showing, giving him the control of our life? Now as you read through there, you read through Ephesians. It says in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Can anybody spout that for me? Oh, I hear some murmuring back there, so I know that some of you can. It says in 2, 8, and 9, 
It says, for by grace, nothing that we do, for by grace you have been saved through through faith. I saw that. I saw some. And then I heard that. Thank you, Linda. I heard through faith you are putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And that not of yourselves, because we didn't do anything out there, did we? All of those good things that we talked about that we did. And that's what I, when I was in those different countries, talking to those different people, I would ask them. And they'd say, I'm good. Really? Are you that good? I'm good. I have done all these things. No, they're not going to get you to heaven. Those things are not going to get you to heaven. It is through faith that you're going to be allowed into the heaven. Not, not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. Thank you. It is a gift from God that each one of us. But how do we gift that, get that gift of God? We need to ask Jesus into our heart. So I, I'm lucky as a, as a Gideon. I carry this little Bible with me all the time because sometimes I get tongue-tied out there. Yes, even I get tongue-tied out there. Is that I don't know what to say or I don't know how to put it in order. So I look at the back of my little Bible or in your Bible, whichever way you have, and it says, God loves you. And I ask people, do you believe that? And a lot of them will say, yeah, I believe that. Do you believe it is written that we are all sinners and fall short of the glory of God, as it's written in Romans 8.23? Are you sinners? Are you a sinner? Have you ever broken the law? Have you ever thought thoughts that you really shouldn't think about? Have you already done things that you're maybe ashamed of? You are a sinner. And a lot of times I was talking to little kids, you know, fifth and sixth graders, and I would unfortunately uh, look over at their teacher and I would say, even he sins, or even she sins, even I sin. So what does that mean to them? Well, God has a remedy for those sins. He says, for the wages of sin is death. And it's hard to tell little kids that. But you need to do that. Because it's not only the little kids that are, that are hearing that, but it's the teachers and the helpers and all those other kind of people out of there. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. A free a gift, again, is from Jesus Christ. So what do you do with that? It says, because you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him the dead, you will be saved. What does it say? You confess with your mouth and believe in your heart which you need to do, each and every person. doesn't matter if your parents go to church. You, and then again, I'm speaking to littler kids, is that you need to believe that. 
so that they understand it's up to them and not up to their families as they, as they have been told. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. As we are standing there talking to the kids, I say, behold, I, Jesus, stands at the door and knocks. If anyone hears his voice and opens the door, I will come into them and be with him and he with me. Is Jesus knocking at your door? As Jesus knocked at your door, are you willing to open your heart and put your trust in him? He will accept you where you are, where you at, right at this time and moment. You don't have to do anything. You just have to ask him. There's a prayer that the Gideons always have just to get to if they want to accept Jesus at that time. I tell them, you can say a prayer. You can ask Jesus into your heart anytime, any place, anywhere. And he is going to accept that. And the prayer is, God, from my heart, I admit to you that I am a sinner. That I ask you for forgiveness. I believe that your son, Jesus, took the punishment I deserve by shedding his blood on the cross. He gave his life as a full payment for my sins and rose again and now confess and turn from my sins and receive you, your son, Jesus, as my Savior and Lord. You need to do that. That is where the trust comes in. You need to put your trust in Jesus. He will help you in all your troubles. He will help you in all your daily lives. Now we know at this church, some people that have done that. We know neighbors, we know friends that have done that, have put their trust in Jesus. But at this time, we know some real neat people that have really shown trust. Dayton and Natasha Holtz. They put their trust in Jesus Christ and they said, I want to work for you. Not to do anything, but I want to help serve. I want to serve for you. Dayton and Natasha wanted to do that a long time ago. Is that they wanted to go and be missionaries overseas. They couldn't do it full time, but they wanted to do it part time. It was over, I believe, about four years ago that they came to the missions committee and said, we want to do this. We want to go to Uganda. Their parents are in Uganda. Their parents are missionaries, but they wanted to go over there. What happened about four years ago? COVID. That's right. COVID came along and dashed their plans. And we were, you know, really heartbroken because of that. But they said, we haven't lost our hope. We haven't lost anything. COVID's not going to last forever. We'll be waiting. And sure enough, COVID left. What happened next? 
unfortunately, well, fortunately, but unfortunately, put the plans on hold, is Natasha got pregnant. And it's kind of tough when you are pregnant and got to fly and do all those other things. It makes it a little tough. So they said, okay, that's another year we're going to put that off. So they put it off for another year. So there we're looking at, you know, three years or so. And boy, you know, planning to go to Uganda is, takes a lot of planning. And there's always these little things that you've got to pay for. Uh, pay for the flights, pay for the tickets, get the visas, get the, the, uh, all those other things. And get, yeah, I saw Ray, he pointed his arm, get the shots. I remember getting those shots. They were, uh, the next day your arm's a little sore. But you have to get those shots. And then there's other little things that have to happen. They wanted to ship a whole bunch of stuff over there. And the money kept mounting up. And they were going, how can we do this? Well, every time something came up, there was always something that came in. The funds, just at the time that they need them, the funds would trickle in. And here they, they could afford to do this. They could afford to do this. They could afford to do this. And when they left, they could afford to do this. Now they're over there, and I've, Teresa's got a really good picture of them being over there, and some of the other ladies do, of, on Facebook, of they're over there serving God, telling people the good news of Jesus Christ. You know, they're doing other things too, but that's the most important part of what they're doing. You need put your trust, not that you need to fly over to Uganda, because that is not a good flight. I can tell you that. I've not been to Uganda, but I've been to a couple other places. It is not fun. Twelve hours in the air with two little kids flying along with you. It is not fun. But, you know, when you get there, That's when the fun starts. God will direct you in what you need to do. But while you're back here, not everybody can do that. Not everybody can afford to go to Uganda or a lot of other places. But there are things that you can do to show your trust. You know, when you're out there in your everyday lives and somebody walks up to you and they have a problem, Do you know how to help them solve their problem? Do you know how to tell them the gospel? So they can they too can have the peace of Jesus Christ in their heart. As it says in John 14 27, He will give you that peace. You need to be able to direct people in how to find that peace. When I first started, when I was in high school, is that I got baptized here, not at this church, but at the Christian church that was across the road because we didn't have a baptism. And went over there, and I can remember after I was baptized, the joy that was in my heart. And I wanted to tell people about it. And so, you know, I did. Not a lot of people, mainly the people that were on my track team with me, is that they heard about it, and a lot of them got invited To come to church. Can you put your trust in Jesus that you can make that step of faith? To be able to tell people 
the good news of Jesus Christ. Can you be able to put those things aside that sometimes get in our way? Insecurities. I don't know enough about the scriptures. You don't have to know enough about the scriptures. There's just a couple that you kind of need to know. But just tell people about the love of Jesus Christ as it can help them out. And then help them through a little simple prayer. Maybe not like the Gideon prayer, but a little prayer. God, I need your help. God, I want to trust in you. Would you help me to trust in you? God will change your life. And will change the life of those people that are out there. But it takes us to be able to put our trust in him. To be able to take that step forward. To be able to be, and I hate to say, be an evangelist. To be able to tell people about Jesus Christ as we're going about his work. So I hope, maybe not as a resolution that, that uh, we had, that Kurt told us about. I don't make those things either. I don't make, I don't set plans for. I just say, God, use me. And he will use you as he most effectively can. So if the quartet, or is it just, just you, it's going to come up and lead us in a couple of songs. Thank you for listening to me this morning. And I hope and pray that our word will go forth.